Hello and welcome to another instalment of the Full Force Monthly, brought to you by Hoarder, the collector's app. I am Christopher McLeod, aka Diagnostic80, and in this regular series we get stuck into specific G.I. Joe-related topics every single month. Joining me on this episode is one half of the Articulated Points YouTube channel and my regular co-host on the Full Force Weekly, it's Patrick, not Picard, Stuart, and the General himself, Justin, Generals Joe's Bell. Okay then, last month and with SDCC still fresh in our minds, we looked at possible SDCCCCC exclusives we would like to see in the Classified series. For this month, we thought we would follow on from that and shift our focus to PulseCon exclusives that we would like to see in the Joe Classified series. Throw in another version therapy and you've got yourselves a brand new episode of What Is It, Pat? It's the Full Force Monthly. That's cool. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) um how is everybody how are you doing pat doing just fine yeah it's it's fun to be back we we've been in i've been enjoying these full force monthlies it's been fun to get excited about toys that aren't really going to come out (laughs) exactly yeah stuff that we make up and Uh is never going to happen um no i I must admit that sdcc one was fun last month i really enjoyed that with you guys was um justin how are you buddy Doing good. Doing all right. Life is busy, but but always happy to be back and sitting down here with uh, with you guys. Having a good day. <laughs> yeah, that did not sound convincing at all. It didn't. It was like, happy to be back, sitting down oh, here with you, no, absolute I'm, losers. I, I am happy to be back. I, if that didn't sound genuine, then um, I don't know. It, it should have been genuine. It is genuine. I'm just, I'm just yanking your chain. Can I do that? <laughs> is that allowed? Probably not. Not from this distance, anyway. <laughs> um dudes it's great to have you back on um yes today we are talking PulseCon exclusives now if you're kind of new to this format of our monthly shows uh they've kind of morphed really into what we'd like to see in the classified series uh based on whatever current topic is floating around at the time we've done animal companions we've done um vehicles we've done has labs we've done sdcc exclusives now we're looking at kind of PulseCon. Uh, just around the corner, of course. And I mean, let's quickly talk about that first. We, of course, we know what the PulseCon exclusive three pack is going to be. Is that something that's buzzing your berries at the moment, Pat? Is that um, is that set something that's like grabbing you in any way, shape, or form? It, it looks pretty cool. Um, it, it makes it's a set that makes sense. I'm not super super excited about it, but I'm glad that it's getting out there. If that makes sense. And, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it's it's fine. Were you a fan of? the crimson strike team you know whenever that hit it, it was kind of like the introduction of what the format was going to be for all of the future convention figures at least when the 2002 one hit so yeah i was i was really excited about that because it felt like there was a little more purpose to those vipers than some of the other random repaint vipers that we'd already had and so i liked that and I like the idea of putting Tomax and Zamot in, in Crimson, even though there's it still made sense to me that the, the retail ones were Crimson Guard commanders. So they had that little bit of, of Crimson on, on them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked it. it. It was good. And then, you know, I raised my expectations for future sets. <laughs> I've got to I've got to admit this the Crimson Strike team, it was it was cool at the time. And I think mm-hmm. like the thing with the club, it got I got so spoiled with like 15 figure box sets and things like that and like exclusives all over the place, which we will be talking about in the extra as well. Um, but like that, that kind of thing, I think after a while, I kind of jumped in a little bit after that, if you know what I mean. So it was really going back to the Crimson Strike team. And obviously after that point, we had so many cool sets that had gone into new characters and and stuff like that rather than you know, this kind of, um, I don't know, it's hard to say, but like this kind of all the same kind of color, just a repaint group of figures, really. Justin, what was your thoughts on the Cobra Strike, uh, the Crimson Strike team, I should say? Yeah, I mean, like Pat, when it when it first hit, it was kind of like, wow, this is this is pretty neat because um, mostly because it was an avenue to get some figures that we hadn't gotten before. Um, it was an interesting concept at the time, you know, uh, aligning Vipers with the Crimson Guard, um, you know, the repaints of of the Baroness, Tomax and Zamot. Yeah. Um, it was it was a clever sort of introduction to the format that the G.I. Joe Collectors Club was going to be using. Um, you know, as uh, so back then, you know, it was it was certainly uh, interesting and, a, and an appeal that has 
the appeal has kind of worn off a little bit for me in the years since they've just, they've revisited that concept several times. Um, and I've kind of lost interest in it a little bit. I think the G.I. Joe classified line is taking an interesting approach and adding some value to the set. You know, I think they're, they've got some uh, different head sculpts worked in there, um, which makes it a little bit cooler, I guess. Um, and Baroness has got some improved, I think, arm articulation, which helps too. So they're, they're bringing some value forward in this particular set. But yeah. I've gotten to the point where... Um, the Crimson Guard have always been this elite group uh, within Cobra. And once you start painting everything crimson, they kind of lose that eliteness. <laughs> yeah. Waters um, so, it down a little bit, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, so I, I, you know, if given my preference, I would rather just keep it, you know, the variations of the Crimson Guards. You know, you've got Tomax and Zaymont, you've got Crimson Guard. I, I'm okay with the Crimson Guard Immortal and the Crimson Guard Commander um, as they appeared in the Vintage line. I think Python that's Crimson okay. Crimson Guard. <laughs> but um but then once you start bringing in vipers and bats and and a bunch of other stuff i think it loses a little bit of its luster that's that's just me so um but you know i can tell from the story they're trying to tell in this box set it almost seems like the baroness is joining with the twin twins to kind of split off a faction from cobra they're no longer like the crimson guards they're sort of a separate little sub organization kind of like the coil maybe was back in right. the, the devil's do comics um so in that way maybe it's an interesting new modernized wrinkle um, but I'd still, uh, you know, given my preference, the Crimson Guard should just be the Crimson Guard and everybody else kind of stay in their own lane. Brilliant. Um, I've got to say that personally, I, I like the fact that, they're, like you said, they're bringing new elements into it for Baroness, creating like, you know, the new head sculpts and everything. I think that's kind of important. Um, I think the the Crimson Twins were always going to be repainted in that because yeah. there's nothing else left. There's, there's no like really another there's not really another repaint you could do of those guys i, I wouldn't i would probably uh, argue to say so <clears throat> i think it's kind of important just for reuse purposes that they uh that they do this and it kind of makes sense the packaging looks great I, I, it's it's one of those ones that i'm kind of it, I, it's a mixed bag because like you say it's it's something that isn't like you know it doesn't grab you crazy but like it's interesting at the same time and it's got yeah. lots of interesting elements to it um, one thing we should get onto though is what we want to see as Pulse exclusives, and uh, let's get stuck into that. Okay, then, with PulseCon 2023 just around the corner, we have decided to each come up with a different option for a classified PulseCon exclusive. Each presenter must reveal their choice, explain the narrative behind their figure or figures, itemize the accessory loadout, and describe the elaborate packaging that they will be adorned with. No real rules here, just hit us with a good one, please, and thank you. Justin, who have you decided to go with, and why is it Sigma 6 Adventure Team Ice Cream Viper again? <laughs> I'm staying away from Sigma Six. No worries there. Um, have you noticed I change that every single month to I know. something more ridiculous that doesn't make Gotta... sense? <laughs> One of these months, I, you're going to tell me what you change it to, and I'm going to work my set kind of around that idea <laughs> of Sigma Six Ice Cream Soldier, you know, three pack. Um, you know, I kind of what I what I tried to to use as sort of a template with this idea was looking at this year's PulseCon exclusives, which was primarily repaints but repaints with new elements introduced, um, you know, kind of a callback to some vintage, uh, vintage stuff in there too. But at the same time, I didn't want it to be kind of a, a retread of a bunch of stuff that's already happened, you know, which, which it's easy to fall into that trap. So um, what I decided to do is I looked at, you know, uh, some figures that have been released, you know, relatively recently or will be released um, in a very short amount of time. Uh, and then try to figure out some interesting ways to make them more desirable or more appealing. And essentially what I came back with, I, I went back to um, anybody who's been collecting since the early 2000s is familiar with the Toys R Us O-Ring exclusives. Um, those are some of my favorite figures back in the day, because at the time, the new sculpts era was uh, it had some challenges with proportions and with, you know, different things of that nature. And as an O-Ring fanatic um, you know, back then, and I, I still am to a degree. Um, you know, anything O-ring was was terrific, and Toys R Us would bring out these O-ring multi-packs, which were all vintage tooling, just with some interesting new concepts worked in. And they did kind of an Urban Strike Division um, package uh, for Cobra, which was O-ring figures of existing characters uh, repainted in sort of a more urban-friendly color scheme. So I wanted to use that sort of as a, a, a guidepost for this three-pack, because I think there is... Um, there is that callback to something done back in the day that fans might enjoy, yet it's a somewhat obscure thing that some fans might not know about. 
Um, but it has some really interesting kind of deco elements that I think would appeal to people. Um, and so this urban strike division, um, which initially I think it came with six figures. It was like Firefly, Scrap Iron, Alley Viper, Storm Shadow. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to go blank on what the other ones were. Pat probably knows right off the top of his head, but, um, no, but none of us, we're doing that thing Night where we go in. Night Creeper. Yeah. There you go. But it was actually Flak Viper. It was Viper. Flak Viper. Yep. Colored in dark blue and black. Yep. How'd Good you remember call. that? Cause he's a, he's brilliant, man. Um, so yeah, it had, uh, had those six figures in it. And the cool thing is that they took those six figures and they gave them some really kind of intriguing deco schemes. I really loved, especially the night creeper and the firefly, which had this really unique camouflage pattern that looked very much like urban deco. Ah. Um, one, you know, it's kind of the, the tie-in of grays and blues and, 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 you know, various different, you know, different shades of gray, um, really intricate sort of camo schemes, uh, and there was even sort of um, some pre-production versions that had a little bit of a hint of red that I thought was really cool that they then carried over into a different six-pack along the way. Um, so what I thought I would do is I would take three out of those six figures, and the ones I chose were, um, there you go. It's a nullifier three-pack, you're going to tell us, isn't it? <laughs> no. Um, but I, what I chose is I chose Firefly. And I figured it for the the base for Firefly would be the Firefly that's not yet released, the one that's much more vintage accurate that people seem to be a big fan of. So I would use that Firefly, Scrap Iron, because um, that was another character kind of based uh, in that six pack. And then the Alley Viper, which I know we already just got a second Alley Viper and, and nobody really needs um, yet another one. But I figured yeah, carrying yeah. that camouflage pattern throughout Scrap Iron and Alley Viper would really appeal to Jejo fans. Now, granted, the Alley Viper from that original six-pack didn't have the camouflage pattern, but I think um, you know they, could, they could work it in. And, and right, neither did Scrap the, Iron. But if the they production set you mentioned did. That's that's a good point. Yes, the pre-production set did. Yep, yep. Um, so by kind of carrying that camouflage in, you get a really cool Urban Deco Alley Viper, which I think people would really be into. I've seen so many people say they love the Alley Viper, but the orange and purple makes no sense in an urban environment. And this would be a way to kind of make that same figure a little bit more urbanized, um, a little bit more collector friendly. Um, then I would do the same thing for Scrap Iron, work some of the, the Urban Deco into his you know, arms and legs you know, underneath the vest that he wears. Uh, and then Firefly obviously would, would have that Deco as well. Um, to kind of unify them a little bit, but make them a little bit more urban. Um, and what would happen is that the three figures, they'd come with their familiar accessory loadouts as a base kind of line of accessories. We wouldn't include Scrap Iron's drone. I think that would be a little bit of overkill. They'd probably jack the <laughs> price up. Um, and so I don't think we need to, to include that. Um, but, you know, beyond that, they would have many of the same, you know, familiar accessories that the individual figures came with. However we would add some different urban like themed uh, accessories to what I'm thinking is alternate heads, especially for Firefly and Scrap Iron. So you could make them troop builders if you wanted to buy a bunch of these. Um, in, my, in my dream scenario, uh, the Big Ben gas mask head would work on Firefly and Scrap Iron. For, I don't have Big Ben or the new Firefly yet. So I can't tell you that's functionally, that will happen. But in, in this, you know, picture perfect world that gas mask head could fit on firefly or scrap iron um so they come with two of those gas mask heads maybe a couple helmets that come with the cobra troopers so they could kind of mix and match some things um just some interesting ways to make scrap iron and firefly look more like urban or even you could do alley viper too if you really wanted to and, and make them look more like kind of urban troopers wearing those gas masks and helmets um, i'd also include uh, the upcoming shockwave it comes with a riot shield uh, would include one or two of those as well as more sort of urban um, kind of urban gear uh, to kind of load out with the characters again to mix them up a little bit you know allow collectors to customize them to you know fit whatever narrative they want to tell and, and I just think with this mixture of these three figures and these additional heads and helmets and um, accessories, you know, I'd also want to include some additional, like, um, more generic weaponry, some blast effects, things like that, that typically come with some of these multi-packs. You could really create kind of a battle in a box sort of scenario where you can take these three figures that you can leave as Firefly, Scrap Iron, and Alley Viper. They'll be cool versions of those characters, or you can mix and match all these different parts, and all of a sudden you've got all these different options for this little squad you can build. And you, you know, buy three or four of these three packs, and all of a sudden you've got this little urban, you know, 
army that um, can somehow each figure can manage to look unique, even even though they're based off the same three figures. So that's kind of what I pictured when I was um, putting this set together. You know, I think it's got a little bit of everything. It re reuses a bunch of excess, a bunch of parts. So it doesn't it shouldn't be huge cost investment, but it brings some new stuff to the table, um, adds some options for army building, um, but also provides newer versions of these uh, timeless characters that people can enjoy too. So that's kind of what I had in mind when I put this set together. Nice. And I like the one thing I like about this is the fact that it's the uh, unreleased deco that you're going yeah. with. So it's like a nice little kind of deep cut for the fans on this one. And also it's like, that's a premium deco kind of uh, scenario. So you're, where you're saving on all those other things, the, you can put it all into that. You can put it into the packaging. And in fact, speaking yeah. of packaging, what was your idea for that? Are we talking like broken buildings sort of scenario? I That would be very cool. Like maybe a brick texture with some graffiti on it or something like that. And if you did want to do like an open flap, maybe one could be broken brick this way, one could be broken brick this way, and they kind of nest together to form a complete <laughs> seam, and then they open up into yeah. um, that kind of ruined sort of urban um, kind of blight sort of look. I think that'd be a very cool way to kind of feature the characters. Maybe even one of the graffiti marks could be a cobra symbol and spray paint texture a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, something like that would be very cool. Nice. Um, brilliant stuff. Well, Pat, what are your thoughts on the Urban Strike team? urban division I, it's called. I, as he's talking i'm trying to picture all the accessory loadouts i think it makes it's weird that it actually makes sense to me to leave out the the rocket launcher for scrap iron as much as that as much as a lot of times the the figures are defined by their accessories it makes sense to me to maybe just include a like a, a rocket launcher like maybe yeah. for this situation you would throw in the the accessories from bazooka something like mm -hmm. that um and then the other thing that i'm thinking about is the alley viper figure i like how there there are a couple of different sculpts on the alley viper in the vintage line and i almost wonder if this would be an opportunity like if if, if this was actually being made would there be an opportunity to look at the budget and say hey you know what we could probably pre-tool some of the sculpt that you would need for that yellow and black oh yeah into this and maybe even that um release it with that cobra shaped shield yep because that cool. hasn't really ever been updated and i wonder what they would come up with if they were making another shield at this point those are great ideas i love that i would i would be well up for that being the new element in the set uh be like the version two alley viper and then it'd be like great that's the pre-paint for the single figure mm -hmm. and here we here we're seeing it in this kind of set with the urban uh camo kind of thing i think that's wicked as hell yeah absolutely it, i love it and again i have to say i love the idea of going against the actual released version and and doing the the unreleased echo with the red in it because that's you know i don't know a little bit more intimidating i would mm -hmm. say the red and, and cobra-esque kind of like you know anybody can wear the gray variations of gray camouflage you add that red in there and you get that hint of cobra that maybe wasn't there previously yeah lovely stuff a uh, good start then justin thank you for that um pat what about you mate what have you got for us for pulsecon well i was thinking about following up the idea that i did last time which was fast draw and at first I started thinking, well, what Cobras could I, could I sort of pit him against? Because at the last time I was talking in this story, my story that I was creating, Fastdraw was having himself a, you know, a, a shootout, like a good old Western shootout. With scrap iron, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. With scrap iron. So and then, then Justin I... stole that idea off you. No. And then I thought, well, you know what? Maybe I just... Since Scrap Iron's already an awesome figure and you could just go buy him in the store right now, there's plenty of them out there. I thought maybe I should go a different direction with things. And my my mind started going to um, what essentially um, will be new, require a lot of new parts, not sticking quite to what Justin did and creating something from existing things, but creating some things that could maybe be reused. Yeah. And the idea that I have is that you get the box, and I'm going to start with the box just because Ooh. that's kind of how you would experience it as as a, a someone purchasing this. 
So whenever you get the box, you kind of see the front of it is this, this plastic dome shape. And on the plastic dome, it kind of looks like a, a, a radar screen. And it's- I like the sound of this already. Radar screen yeah. just not seeing anything, okay? And you open it up and inside there are um, two figures. And one of them is uh, static line and the other one is airwave from the sky. Nice. So my, my thought is that these guys are coming in, you know, basically as support from the sky for fast draw. That's how that's how the story goes. And the accessories that they come with are are very important. I want them both to have a vacuum metalized, so that's like chromed jump jetpacks. So I, I want them both to have those because to me it makes sense to put those in since you're not going to have a Sky Patrol Sky Raven mount. I don't think for the six inch line. Um, so it would make sense to me to kind of give them something of a callback to those old vehicles. But the other um, thing is that, oh, and I do want blast effects for those for those jetpacks. So I really liked the way that the club reused the Boba Fett blast effects of them taking off. And I think you could include at least one of those. Uh, that looks like he's either taking off or landing. You could also maybe include something else for blast effects just to look like even maybe some of the ones from Transformers just to look like they're flying. But the important part is that they come with working cloth parachutes. And I, I want them to be working because I started thinking about the display on the shelf and the fact that we're going to have the dragonfly and some people are going to be hanging the dragon dragonfly. Then you're going to have the hiss tank and it's going to really, like, one of the things in a G.I. Joe room that looks really good is a couple of figures parachuting in. That always looks really good in a room. And that is why I included the dome at the start of me talking about this, because the dome of the plastic for the packaging isn't just packaging. You actually take that out, and, and it would come, you need to come with two of them. I don't know exactly how that would work out for a package, but it would need to come with two. Both sides fills up the inside of the parachute because if you look, there's actually a lot of those that they made for 12 inch GI Joe, but but never any really for three and three quarter. Um, but I think that this, this really is a bad time to mention they did it in Sigma Six too. Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> they did not do it for three and three quarter inch Joe. But actually, that Sigma Six one, I didn't take a look at that. That'd be about the right size, wouldn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that paratrooper Duke figure even had like the little clear dome on the top of the packaging and the cloth parachute. Yeah, it probably would be pretty close to the right size. Yeah, but I want one that makes the parachute look very full. Yeah. Um, and for that to be something that you can then uh, hang the figure from, uh, it, you know, on your ceiling. So that's that's my basic idea is that it would, would come with, and the figures, of course, would come with their signature accessories and their helmets. And the really nice thing, and the reason why I chose these two figures, is because I was trying to think of the cost situation here. But I also chose figures that are of a of a repaint that went with a vehicle that was of a size that maybe at some point with a stretch we could get in the classified line. So Airwave, of course, is the motor viper body, and I think that it was done would make a lot of sense. And static line is the backstop body. And I do think a persuader would be possible. It's funny you mentioned the persuader. The persuader has been one of those vehicles that has kind of come back into the brand a little bit, especially with like uh, Operation Blackout used it quite convincing, mm -hmm. like consistently oh, yeah, in the game that's true. stuff. It's like it just it kind of came out of nowhere again, didn't it? And just started appearing in like the comics again and, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's that's I yeah totally cool man. First off, Sky Patrol phenomenal, great choice for Airwave, who is Cliff Mewitt. So that's the same initials as me, CM, and and also it's the same name as uh, Colonel Courage. I want to say Colonel Courage, yeah. They share the same file name, yeah. which is amazing. Uh, big that whoever messed up there did a cracking job, um, and also. He is uh, obviously like, like audio frequency expert and everything. So I was like, I always used to kind of think he was really cool because he was like me and like a you know 
did music in that. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I just thought like that. Yeah, that was a, that was one of those characters I really like loved. I loved Airwave. Um, so yeah, man, this is wicked. I love the idea of the domes as well in the packaging and using that to fill the parachutes so they can display them properly. And I just, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff in this. And also, I didn't even r really realize when you said it, but yeah, the, the the packaging would be the dome, but then like a radar like thing. How cool would that be? Very cool. Yeah, yeah Justin, great. what do you think? What do you think? Oh, it, yeah. I mean, the presentation alone is just amazing. I really love it. Pat clearly puts a lot of thought into the design and the architecture of these packages. And I think that's, uh, yeah, that whole radar screen is is brilliant. Um, and yeah, I love the idea of leveraging, you know, the pre-paint concept of characters that could potentially come with vehicles later on in the line, vehicles that are not outrageously sized. Um, Sky Patrol is just is so cool just in general just the characters how um you know they're purely repaints you know not you know they've got new accessory or had new accessories when they were released back in the 80s um you know, new helmets and some new, new weapons heads, and stuff is, but yeah. new heads but um but you know by and large using you know repaints from the neck down of, of vehicle drivers and stuff yet they created a whole new branch of gi joe and some really cool really desirable figures by using those repaints giving them parachutes and chrome vehicles i mean that was like Hasbro marketing sort of at its apex. You know, how can we repurpose these these parts so we can save all this money on tooling and still make really fun toys and well give them shiny vehicles and working parachutes? I mean, it's it's just amazing kind of how it all came together and and um, it still somehow manages to be a somewhat obscure part of GI Joe history, um, which kind of surprises me. You know, they didn't make a lot of appearances um, in in media. There are some, but not Pete a ton. They were yeah. in the deep cartoon, the deep cartoon for like yeah. 10 episodes, quite a few episodes. That's true. The yeah, they, show, they, that's it, true. They were, they were very, I forgot about that, how prevalent they were. I knew they appeared in the deep cartoon, but I forgot just how consistently they did. So that's a good point. They, they did make several appearances there. Um, but I, I feel like many Joe classified fans these days would see that two pack and be like, who are these guys? And would have to look mm -hmm. it up a little bit to figure out who they are. Um, but I think that's part of the appeal. That's a cool thing. I mean, you want to kind of unveil some of these other recesses of G.I. Joe history that people aren't familiar with and get them more engaged in the brand. I think that's a good thing. So, it yeah, was, I'm a big fan. It was phenomenal to me because as a kid, I didn't even know there were repaints. Didn't know. Mm -hmm. like, didn't recognize it. Didn't see it. Backstop, maybe, I think I noticed on Static Line. But yeah. for the most part had no clue that was the whole point behind them obviously yeah. i knew the vehicles were repaints right but like in terms of the actual figures did not have a clue so it's amazing how much the deco made the difference on those particular um bodies and and stuff yeah really yeah i just anyway i remember i remember the the one that really stood out to me back then was airborne um which interesting because he reuses sort of the airborne code name although he had a different file name so you could pretend he was kind of this new evolution um it was a long time he was my favorite one i don't i can't really explain why why i loved him so much and and it was a long time before like i could tell kind of that the others were repaints and i was like well airborne's my favorite because he's totally new he's not and then i was like wait a minute he's not though and you can you can kind of it took a little while to realize where they took these parts from you know i mean it's it's really cool like some creative paint applications completely transform a figure that's got mostly reused parts i was a big fan of drop zone i thought drop zone was a wicked figure i love that, drop zone that kind of brown and tan kind of color and then that wicked machine gun that's strapped across his chest like the yeah. two handles double barreled those two kind of like you know like they're not straps they're like kind of pads aren't they like arch pad right. things that would like hold the oh just nuts man nuts really cool. um would you make the um parachutes cloth pad would you make them crinkly um like what i don't even know what it would like that that you the stuff you put around marathon runners when they finish a race <laughs> uh for sure cloth yeah i wouldn't want these things to be made of material that would tear right in my mind, I was thinking about how making them cloth is going to really make it impossible to have them be like that shiny silver. But I'm also just willing to live with that. Uh, I think making them out of a material that has a little bit of a shine to the surface of it and making it gr the, like the gray, a gray color that you is the closest you can get to silver. I mean, you can actually get like a silver finish on fabric. 
but even that wears over time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I think that just going with a nice gray that is kind of shiny is about the best we're going to get. But consolation is those jump jet packs that actually are chrome being set. Yeah, there you go. Sorted. Um, wicked, mate. Love that idea. Um, it's, it's funny how you can kind of visualize all this. And I'm not even sure if this is the same visual thing that you're going through as well. Because that's the other right. interesting aspect of it. You might be thinking, uh, you know, slightly different details but it's funny how like you're, you you build a picture of this stuff when you're kind of describing it and it's uh yeah i love that part of this um another cracking choice there okay i'm gonna go with mine now and uh in kind of like in i i tied mine very heavily back to the sdcc episode uh where i talked about budo being my um kind of sdcc kind of super deluxe figure uh to come with like that whole you know, old school vintage, yet not because it was in the modern era that they that he that they did the uh, you know the budo with the red kind of ornate uh, getup with the antlers and everything. You see that, that having that to go on the regular budo, I just thought was wicked. And in that conversation that we had, I was we kind of morphed into doing PulseCon exclusives during that episode, and I think I decided, yeah, let's do that next. Um, and. I was talking about Budo's packaging sort of being like Japanese, kind of they're in Japan. Maybe it's his apartment complex where he gets like attacked by a group of, and what is going to be my PulseCon exclusive, Night Creeper version twos. Yes, I'm, I'm going with the Night Creeper V2 and I'm going for a troop builder pack. And despite what is being shown on screen right now, um, I'm probably... Um, going to go in a slightly different direction to make it more interesting. Now, um, I just photoshopped a bunch of Night Creepers together, basically, uh, for the version two ones for the uh, the vintage figure. Because um, it's never been done since. Like, what the hell? Like, how have we not had Night Creeper version two in the modern era yet? That just, that blows my mind. Uh, Night Creeper version two specifically, obviously. Now, um, Obviously, yeah, it is a bit shiny and bright and crazy and pink and blue and everything. But I love this figure so much. And more so, I love the idea of it. And I love the comics interpretation of this figure more so. Uh, so when the Night Creepers version 2s were introduced, as you can see on screen, we've got some uh, comic panels as well. Uh, they just looked so awesome. There's this kind of Cylon-style helmet vibe. Their eye, the eye kind of things glow red as well, like every now and again. So there's like that kind of really cool aspect to it. Um, and there's a lot going on. There's other aspects as well that never really showed up on the figure. And Pat, you can kind of fill us in a little bit more on some of uh, that. But this kind of interesting cape was shown on these figures in the comic. And I always thought it was really interesting and really cool. Um, and there was actually uh, an intention to give it that cape early on, wasn't it, in the development? Yeah, it's actually called out on on the file card too, like because that was the era where That's the file true. cards would point to stuff, and so it calls out to it being a cape. Um, my friend, or our friend Chris Murray, actually has a copy of your the friend cape. Your friend, not my friend. <laughs> it's his birthday today, Chris. Come on, be kind. Is it his birthday? <laughs> it's his birthday, yeah. I've been seeing it all oh. on Facebook. Everybody's saying happy birthday to Chris Murray. I Damn have it. not gone to Facebook. I haven't opened up my phone yet today. Uh, so happy birthday, Chris Murray. <laughs> but I'm going to get in there before his best mate does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the design of it was relatively simple. It was going to use a gray version of the same material that came with Ambush. And imagine it being similar to like almost like a triangle shape with two holes cut out on one side, similar to the way that you would put a cape on for a Star Wars figure. So you'd put it on with the one triangle being way up down, up this direction, and then that folds backwards. So he'd kind of have it around his shoulders. Interesting. Um, but yeah, but that's that's like the, that that's the kind of element I'd like to bring into this classified figure as well. So what I want is to kind of, I say each figure to come with a comic-inspired short furry cape because I like the comics in, like version of it, if you know what I mean. I like the kind of texture on it. I like the, the, the I just like how it kind of sits on the figure and everything. And I think, yeah, there's obviously the card art does show what, do you know what? I used to think that was just some like a 
kind of movement effect when I was a kid mm-hmm. I just I did because obviously the figure doesn't come with anything like that so and I, I don't recall really reading the file card at that point until uh, like long time afterwards but I just used to think that was yeah just like air dispersal or something that it was like you know jumping really fast um so yeah the fact that it was all over there I feel like needs to be introduced reintroduced into this character into this figure and what I, I just on screen you'll see that I have very crudely photoshopped the snow serpent wolf kind of um thing that comes with the classified snow serpent I've kind of like photoshopped that onto two of their backs which yeah it, it's crude for now but that's what I'm just trying to get the the general gist of what's going on here um now, my kind of thought process with this three pack was initially to just do a three a troop builder kind of thing. Then I thought, well, that isn't like necessarily interesting enough. So maybe I switch it up and I do maybe one female version two Night Creeper, one male version two Night Creeper, and maybe a Night Creeper leader. Now, it doesn't have to be the Night Creeper leader, but it could just differentiate them a around a little bit to have a different head sculpt right so maybe you throw in that kind of night creeper leader head which is going to be of effectively a pre-use and a i guess pre-paint because you'd want it to match the rest of the gear wouldn't you so maybe you do the blindfold purple or you do it red to match the eyes of the you know the helmets and everything something that like ties it into that version of the night creepers if you get what i'm saying but then Mm -hmm. can be utilized for the night creeper leader uh, in in his two different decos in the future. So that was kind of my kind of like thought process on the three pack. And I wanted to get your kind of opinion on that as well after we've kind of gone through this, whether you think a three figure troop builder would be fine or do you think it should be kind of mixed up a little bit and you should do this with it? Because it is a PulseCon exclusive. It doesn't have to be like reuse city it can you know there can be elements kind of thrown in there and and bumped up and new stuff and what have you so i thought that might be worth kind of chatting about um after the fact now keeping that in mind um i was obviously thinking removable helmets right and then you have ninja balaclava heads underneath um again maybe kind of keeping that color theme going um maybe have them with the blue balaclava head underneath and again that could be a reuse because you know, we've already, we've got Kamakura, we've got, um, you know, Blue Ninjas, we've got all sorts of different things we can utilize in that kind of uh, arena. Viper as well, obviously, you know, she's reused that that head as well. So, you know, if we're talking female Night Creepers as well, maybe we could utilize that element as well. Um, and then also I was thinking uh, on the helmet, how cool would it be to make the visor transparent red? So the helmet's solid, but the visor, you can see the eyes through it. And it's that red kind of like, almost like light piping on Transformers, you know? So, you know, not not like, you know, just, just I thought that would be kind of like a cool effect uh, to separate uh, the, the helmet a little bit as well. And then obviously we've got an array of ninja weapons and accessories uh, to, again, mix and match the figures so they're not all carrying the same gear. I call this the, t- the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles effect which will obviously make a lot of sense if you're a Turtles fan, where each individual character does not carry the same weapons. They don't have the same specialties. They're not necessarily trained in nunchuck use. You know, they might be sword, you know, mainly sword users and stuff like that. So like you kind of want to mix that around a little bit. Maybe maybe the the one of them has swords. If it's if it's a standard three pack, you could utilize the the weapons in order to, you know, differentiate them a little bit. Maybe the leader has the cape and the other two don't. Maybe the two, maybe the two non-leaders have the cape capes and the other one doesn't. I don't know. It's kind of up to you in that sense, but I would probably equip them all with the same amount of gear, if you know what I mean. Um, but you could obviously go nuts with that uh, array of how the how the, the weapons kind of go around. And I was thinking, obviously have bladed weapons in there, katana, tanto, wakazashi, the kama, which is like the uh, the one that's in the as you look at the screen, it's the Night Creeper on the right-hand side with that kind of like handle with the kind of blade on it that's a, like a right angle almost. It's a curved blade, um, but that camera kind of weapon. Obviously, I think a bow. Now, the thing is, like, because this is something that we I don't think we've really discussed in detail about the Night Creepers, but they're tech ninjas. They're, they're like, they're not like just a ninja clan. 
they're like this that they're, they're like au fait with technology and they're all like i just imagine them being into bit you know bitcoin is how they get paid <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like for that kind of like you know all online all a little bit like dark web you know you you to, you have to go on the dark web to kind of get to kind of you know get their services to utilize their services um you know everything's like has like transmitters and 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 uh i don't know like navigation and stuff like that there's loads of cool little added elements on the weapons and i'm thinking on a crossbow or a bow on a, a bow and arrow you'd do like a new build you'd have like a new compound bow that would have a camera on it like a little block camera on the side and some other little readouts and tampos on it as well to make it look really freaking cool and interesting uh, and I was thinking something along those lines would be neat to throw into this to make it a little bit more tech savvy. And maybe they have, I don't know, maybe they have like communication devices and other things like that. So it's not just weapons. It's also other things that you'd expect them to kind of rock as tech ninjas. Obviously, the helmets are going to carry most of the technology a little bit kind of in the same way they've done Breaker in the new classified kind of uh, narrative um but anyway i thought that would be really cool like a bow with a camera even a crossbow with a camera as well or both uh the grenade belt obviously would be a secondary and would be removable um i thought that would be kind of cool obviously to throw on there um a guandao bladed staff now i had to look this up but that's effectively what you know a, a, a blade it, it's describing it it's a bladed staff it's a big bow staff with a huge feckin knife on the end of it um nunchucks obviously throwing knives and storage this is my this is one one of my favorite things on on the thing underneath the cape because the cape would be kind of curved and it would also be molded i'm not sure about whether we do material or whether we do this kind of like timber style thing that the snow serpents have right i was thinking you curve it a little bit and inside you can have some hidden storage for some stuff maybe not like loads of things but maybe the sword could slide in between the, where the cape and the body is, but there could be like an almost like a a purposeful indentation for it to slide through, right? Uh, maybe catch a loop inside as well. Um, that I think that would be really cool, like the sword with the cape over it, like that would be sweet. Or maybe even yeah. two sword, Madam a Madam Two Swords. You'd only <laughs> understand that if you know what Madam Two Swords is. But yeah, like like two swords with the cape, like, and then maybe underneath you could clip a few throwing knives inside. I don't know, just some added storage, you know? Maybe like clips around the belt to have other things kind of hook on. Um, that's kind of like my thought processes on this one. Uh, but yeah, that was effectively, uh, I think that's everything I, I kind of was thinking about. So the first question I'm gonna pose to you guys, and I'll ask you individually, I'll start with Justin. Do you think Troop build a three pack of the same figure with some alternate heads and stuff thrown in or female male night creeper leader what would you prefer out of those two options uh i prefer the second one the female male night creeper leader and part of the reason for that is because i think you could do some interesting deco with a night creeper leader like change him up a little bit yeah and that would allow you know people who wanted to troop build could buy multiples and then kind of mix and match you know have you know not just eight different purple night creepers but you know four purple night creepers and four with some different you know kind of deco to them whether it's still purple and just kind of offset or um, maybe some camouflage pants like them like the other night creeper leader had or or something of that or the other version of the night creeper had something like how, that would be cool how about we just throw the night creeper leader in as is in not the purple and yellow because but but you kind of you kind of go between that and this the version yeah. two so you've effectively got your Night Creeper leader in the version two theme, if that makes I sense. Would, I would be good with that if there's a way to add accessories to make him a troop builder troop as well um, within that set. Like I think having the Night Creeper leader like his bare chest and unique <laughs> web gear and stuff would be a little bit dicey to be able to transform him into a troop. But I think they would want to encourage people to build multiple sets, to buy multiple sets. Right, right. And if you include one character figure in that set i think it kind of discourages that idea so as so, long as he could be swapped around a little bit to become a trooper i i would be totally cool with that but. same body alternate head then in it yeah. basically yeah i think and, that and, would work yeah but i think that's pretty cool in that sense because you, yeah you could have you've got the old you've got the uh night creeper leader head on the version two body or mm -hmm. you could take that off and put the helmet on or maybe the helmet could go over that i don't know yeah. maybe maybe that could be the way around it as well so you know, I know you've got the bandana on, 
but maybe you like maybe that could be worked around a little bit maybe the bandana element could pop off uh, mm-hmm. like nunchucks because we know nunchucks bandana pops off i believe i'm i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that's the case it moves anyway because we know that it goes from like we've seen it in the down position and we've seen it in that kind of like Ryu's yeah. just finished his Street Fighter 2 story and is on standing on the cliff mm-hmm. and it's and the wind is blowing it in the you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. We've all completed Street Fighter 2 with Ryu. We know the situation. <laughs> anyway, cool yeah. too if his helmet sort of reflected somehow reflected his blindfoldness. Like he's he he's wears the blindfold so he can't see. So do you do something do something different with the helmet where it kind of restricts his vision as well? I mean, I don't know. Just put it around the helmet. Just blindfold around the helmet. You can remove it and then put it on the helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Um, know, but I, th- I think idea. you're right. I think yeah. If you if you just have it an alternate head scenario, then you can just you can either have your night creeper leader in that set, or they can all be troop builders. Yeah. yeah, I totally think you're on the right course with that because you buy two sets, you got a crap ton of night creepers, and you've got and you only need one night creeper leader. So right. yeah, I think you're right on that one. Um, what do you, what about you, Pat? Are you in agreement with that, or do you would you prefer maybe just bolstering your version twos? No, I, I I agree with that. I like the idea of having the leader head in there as an option to pop on one of the figures and kind of make your decision from there. I would say that with the Night Creeper leader, if you kind of have the set prepare for a potential one of those on its own. There's the difference between the Deke Night Creeper leader head, which was just like a different head and shoulder pads mm-hmm. on Night Creeper, and then yep. there was the Night Creeper leader toy. You know, with, with the potential of not knowing in the future how that figure is going to cost out, maybe you use intentionally the one from the toy, but ensure that the colors are not um, the the necessarily the blue or the that fuchsia color that is on this night creeper, but maybe kind of um, neutral colors that could be reused on a later figure. So that head would make sense maybe on on the use of a night creeper, or if you did do night creeper later later on, you could you could repaint it then. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I really like that idea. I like the idea of separating thing everything out with you know an accessory complement that you can make each figure look different. Love the idea of being able to store stuff in the cape because yeah. imagine some throwing stars in there too. Yeah, big um, time. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on here, and I do enjoy the idea of being able to to really customize the look of of each figure uh, after you get them. What I'm thinking actually in my head is that the bandolier with the grenades on it would have a loop on the back for the swords, maybe two okay. loops for two swords to go through, madam, and then obviously the 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 cape would go over that and but obviously like i said have that space in order to allow the sword to go through and i think that would be like a really cool way of storing everything uh without a a backpack as it were how are you picturing the colors are you going with straight up the colors that were on the toy because brighter than that brighter than that you want it super bright i want it somehow brighter than the action figure you want it brighter than the action figure? Oh, some somehow I want it somehow brighter than the action figure, if that's possible. I want it to I want it to pierce eyeballs. No, I think you're right. I think because it's classified, and I've kind of steered he- I've steered towards the comic inspiration on this one. Um, I would probably go very much in that kind of darker pink with the kind of almost gray blue. Uh, kind of like blue color and then that gives you the option to maybe you know when we're talking retro carded stuff get a really cool bright night creeper on a actual night force night force ninja force card back i don't know why i threw it into night force randomly but that would be really cool wouldn't it on that kind of bright pink card retro style you know that there you can do the repaint but you could have your kind of more classified for this particular one and obviously it's a troop builder so you buy a couple sets and you and you're sorted really um unless you're crazy and you buy like 50 of these things um then yeah that i think that's i think that is probably makes the the most sense is to go with the muted color scheme for the three pack and then uh later when you want to do like a retro carded one because i think that's this is an untapped resource with hasbro mm-hmm. the 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 retro cards are great but it's always the same era, always the same black background explosion. It's like, let there's so many different G.I. Joe cards. That era is is like one 
tenth of what G.I. Joe has had as card backs. You look at the whole vintage era, it changes almost immediately to Digital Explosion. Then it changes to Sonic Fighters, Ninja Force. Like it just there's so many differences. Battle Core is completely different twice. DEF, like there's so many different like opportunities to go into different realms with the retro card stuff that I think this would be a great opportunity to, you know, get a a, a reason to jump into it straight away. Anyway, that's what I'm thinking. Night Creeper version twos. And in terms of the box, just quickly, I'm thinking keep it techy, keep it kind of like that kind of Japanese style again with neon. Um, and I'm thinking maybe their hideout, but it's it's like something out of the future. It's not like like a dojo, but there are dojo elements in there, right? And I haven't really, it, it's still in, I'm, I'm still thinking about it. And this would be one of those ones where Pat goes, I'll hand it off to a designer and they can do it. This is effectively what I'm saying. I'm giving you the input. I'm giving you the, the what I would like to see incorporated and you as a designer can deal with it. That's what I'm doing here. So yeah, lots of tech, very futuristic, but keeping some traditional dojo elements. I think that'd be really nice yeah. for them. And then it ties in with the Budo attack at his apartment by the Night Creepers. And maybe you'd have them jumping towards the window in his packaging you know like kind of you could see them like in the you know how like chuckles have got all that artwork on his maybe you have some sort of narrative like that in the uh yeah. in there i love how you're leaning into the technology piece of it because uh, mm -hmm. i think that sometimes gets forgotten about the night creepers is that they are so tech oriented i think they're driven by technology almost as much as they're and bitcoin and Bitcoin, yeah. Um, so yeah, the whole connection to the dark web and and you know them being hackers as much as ninjas, I think is a very very cool element. And I think working some of that stuff into the theme and the packaging would be awesome. Brilliant. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that was a ten out of ten. Uh, just kidding. Uh, I, I didn't actually give you an idea. I just told you guys to work it out that, and I appreciate that. Um, anyway. Let us know in the comments what you guys think of our choices for PulseCon exclusives. And also maybe throw us some of your own ideas uh, this direction and we can uh, we can pretend we never read them and make them up and use them as our own ideas in the future, uh, which is more likely. So yeah, let us know what you think about ours and of course what you would do for a PulseCon exclusive. Uh, brilliant stuff, lads. Awesome. Now, next up, we've got a bit of version therapy. Have you tried Hoarder yet? No? Well, you need to. If you have a collection of things and want to create a fun and easy way of organising it and, of course, showing it off, then get involved. You can post items and build collections and you can drop a status like getting a fun delivery or seeing some awesome related stuff on your travels. Build your collections with Hoarder. The app is free to download on Google Play and the App Store, so what are you waiting for? Get to hoarding. Right, continuing with our regular monthly segment now, Version Therapy, which is where we choose a single G.I. Joe or Cobra character and have a discussion on what action figure version is their best. Now, of course, we're all probably going to have different opinions on this based on when we were born, personal experience, and so on, but that's where the fun lies. Feel free to let us know who your favorite action figure version is and why in the comments below as well. So, who have we got next? Well, last month we looked at Tripwire based on his reveal at SDCC and My Massive Ego. So, with the focus on PulseCon this episode, we thought it made sense to look at the best versions of Tomax and Zaymot, the Crimson Twins. Cheating this time, guys, because we've got two figures to choose from. Um, but it's weird with Tomax and Zaymot. I don't know how you guys feel about these guys, but I, I struggle to separate. I struggle to separate them as individuals. Mm -hmm. I, I just struggle with it. And I think maybe it's an OCD thing. Uh, I, I can't see one without, like, I can't contemplate one without the other. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, it's just, I struggle with it. Like, it, they're effectively the same dude with one's got a scar. Like, that, you know, it's like, I've always had that trouble with this. Have, have you guys been afflicted with this OCD problem that I have? I mean, very much, that's how they've been portrayed. I mean, as two halves of the same coin. I think the one place where that kind of separated a little bit was in that Cobra limited series in the comic where they really made Zamot kind of insane and really drew him away from Tomax. And then there was things with like 
seeing you know where where one of them was dead and the other one was seeing the mirror image of himself and thought it was the brother i mean they did yeah, some really yeah. interesting cool things with that comic book series um but for the most part yeah i mean in sunbow it was just basically one finishing the other one sentences and it didn't really matter who started the sentence and who finished it, it yeah, and to be honest if it wasn't for the big scar you often couldn't tell them apart so yeah they they yeah. are essentially um and you know that's that's interesting in a way in a way it'd be nice if they were kind of more their individual selves but um but yeah they're basically two halves of of a whole in my book what about you pat yeah i i thought when you started asking that you were trying to separate out the versions of the figures like you were going to say that the Tomax that comes with the Crimson Software <laughs> is your favorite Tomax, but your favorite Zaymot is the one that comes. <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, I mean his characters, but that is amazing. That, would that be is so... amazing. Do you know like, what? I can't separate out. It's like he's just a repeat of the one that's the other one that's already my favorite. So I want the other one from the other set. <laughs> My favorite versions of them. I, I prefer Zaymot classified, but Tomax three and three quarter. And that's my that's my it's like twins. That's with, my you know, the movie twins instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's tickled me. Amazing. Yes. Um no, in in terms of like, yeah, I just struggle separate <laughs> separating them as characters. And it's annoying when you go on like Yo Joe. And Zaymot's got his own page, and Tomax has got his own page. It's like, of course they have that has to happen. That has to happen. But I struggle with that, and I'm like, they should be, they should be like literally linked in every way, shape. They should never be separated because they, like you say, they have to finish each other's sentence. It's, it's weird. But anyway, they, they need to figure out which side of the face the scar goes on as well. Big time. And, oh, and, yeah. and was it in the animation? The uh, the mirror image was switched as well, wasn't it? So you, the, the, didn't we get that the toys had one way that the Zaymon yeah. would have his thing and then the animation was the other way? Yeah, it's like the scar is on the same side as the shoulder pad. But what that is as a toy and what that is in the cartoon is, I think, opposite. Yeah, I want to I want to say that 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 the the, uh, the Sunbow animation did. There was a switcheroo going on there. And I mean, that's an easy mistake to make when, mm -hmm. you know, you're dealing with that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I get that. But um, at the same time, yeah, let's let's talk about these versions. Uh, Justin, take us through your favorite version of this um, of this particular group twosome, please. Well, these were very interesting choices because Tomax and Zamot, I don't think anybody would argue, are the key members of the G.I. Joe Cobra mythology. I mean, yeah. they run extensive enterprises. A lot of they appear throughout every iteration practically Dude, of G.I. Joe. Extensive enterprises, Crimson Guard commanders, like yeah. characters in their own right. It's like there's so yeah. many facets there. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. But for being so important to the mythology, there wasn't really a whole lot of different choices here. I mean, most of them are based off their vintage looks as they sh probably should be. And anytime they sort of deviated from that, they didn't, I didn't think they did a really great job in that deviation. So ultimately I kind of cheated. I, I went with the GI Joe classified version um, and maybe that's recency bias. I don't know. Cause they were the latest ones to come out, but um, I just think classified did a really great job translating that vintage look, really great articulation kind of, um, you know, decent, accessories you know i think they are really great representations of tomax and zamot now of course i've got an affinity for the original vintage uh versions but um just from pure execution toy standpoint i went with the gi joe classified versions no i think that's a good shout My, I'm, i've basically stolen from both of you guys uh on this one but yeah i think you're right i think there's that element of um you know it, it, i don't think it's necessarily recency bias i think it really is you don't even there's a lot of figures but yeah. i have to say that there's a very few that i think rise to the top in this uh scenario and i think i think we can all guess pat where you're gonna go on this one because i'm surprised we didn't all go with this anyway honestly yeah i had to go with the originals yeah they you know they they set the the stage for all the others i think that if i had to go with a different set it probably would be the classified ones uh, because I do think that they've done the best job since then. It's great, great face sculpt on that figure. And they're, they're just great head to toe, but uh, the defining ones 
for me. And the fact that I, I do prefer uh, three and three quarter. Yeah, I, I've got to go with those original figures. And they've just not been outdone since then. I wasn't crazy yeah. about the flesh tone used. Um, it had that, that almost transparent look to it in the, the Crimson Strike Team set from the convention. Yeah. Um, yes. And the, the figures from the big problem that I had with the figures from what was it, 2002, was that last wave of the The Real American Hero collection. Yeah. Great. They looked really good, uh, but you don't give both characters the scar. And that really bothers me in that set that yeah, both yeah. have the scar. So that was a deal breaker for me for that. Um, love the fact that their thumbs were more flexible and, you know, it's it's a really great iteration of the characters, but I've got to go with the originals. And the original packaging was something special at the oh. time. The mirrors on the side. Yeah, that, beautiful. I still remember going oh, up in the Northeast. I'm not sure if they were everywhere, but there was a store called Benjamin Franklin's, which was actually, it was a craft store. Um, it had like scrapbook stuff and, and you know, different things like fabrics and stuff like that. And there was a Benjamin Franklin's and, and that's like the opposite Franklin's, of a dollar store, that mate, isn't it? <laughs> um, that's where I found both Serpentor when he was released and the and, and Tomax and Zaymon. And I still remember walking into that nice. Benjamin Franklin's way back in, in 1985 and just seeing that different package there and be like what and holding it up in the mirror images and it was just so creative and um and yeah that for the packaging alone you almost have to stick with the vintage line the vintage version even though i went with classified i mean it's it was a defining moment i think in the schedule brand and a really clear example of just how ahead of the curve they were at the time i mean you didn't see anybody else doing that kind of fancy two-pack packaging that sort of thing uh, just really brilliant stuff i'm really surprised that classified for the first release didn't just do a two-pack yeah it, and that do odd some sort of interesting homage to that packaging and, and instead and, very kind of like kind of like painted themselves into a little corner with yeah. that particular those two particular figures and i don't really I, 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 did anyone buy one over the other and didn't buy the other one as, the interesting that... the interesting thing and i don't know if it's if this is true but um it, it was i kind of wonder if it was it around that time that they started shipping cases of one figure to stores yes, because I, really I could was. swear that I've been into like my local Newberry comics and they have like three Zaymots and no Tomax. And it's like, <laughs> how does that happen? How does that happen? <laughs> um, it's really bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. I, you would have thought this would have been a great opportunity for them to do a nice deluxe two pack in the vein of that 1985 original with some really fancy packaging with the mirror images. They, yeah. I do think they missed a big opportunity there. Mm -hmm. Who in their right mind picks and chooses a twin from the, yeah. from the Crimson Twin? I don't Nuts. like Zaymod. I just want Tomax. Just give me that Tomax. Blows my mind. Yeah. It really does. Uh, unless obviously a, a loads of them were damaged when they came in or something and they right. sent them back. Who knows? But yeah, I think that was a missed opportunity, personally. Um, no, Pat, I think you're right, man. I think the the first the the first versions are pretty awesome. Um, now I had the um, also I'm gonna sort of go with the first versions, but I'm gonna go with the UK version just to be different and annoying and and everyone hate me. Um, now I kind of I've actually chosen both. I've chosen not only have I chosen the version one Action Force release, uh, which had very similar packaging to the G.I. Joe and obviously different uh, branding and some other different, slightly different elements. The artwork is the same, but it's also, there are differences to it, like in 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 the kind of brightness of the colors on the uh, on the box art and everything. There's a slight difference in, in, in it ever so slightly. So there are differences to it, but it's effectively the mirrors and everything. And I'm the same as you. I saw that, I was like, what is this? And bought it immediately and loved those figures. And Pat, you may also remember a little conversation we had during a panel at Armour where I suggested that, well, I told you that when I went in for the, the G-Force mail-away uh, kind of fan club, they sent me a random Tomax, just a random Tomax. And it was different to the Tomax I had. Different shade of colour on the hair and an almost like a almost like a different head sculpt but it was it kind of wasn't 
And Pat, you even mentioned to me that there was there were diff- there were like a two different versions of that figure, effectively, right? Yeah, in the United States, the one that you got in the package versus the ones that were mail-ins had like the Cobra logo. I think was a little bit of a different size. The scar on his face was a different color, and the hair color was different. I think the reds were a little bit different as well. It it definitely is is notable if you have them next to each other. Oh yeah, they, they were like it was weird. So I effectively had the crimson triplets at that stage, um, and that's how that's what I called them. I don't know what name I gave them. Maybe like Os, or Ox Tom or Oxmot or something like that would have been a cool name for him. Um, but anyway, it's irrelevant. But that's one of the reasons. Um, so it's not relevant because it's one of the reasons I've chosen the Action Force version one set. I also have to kind of say the, the classified series figures are pretty dope though. Like they're if yeah. you're a, if you're a Crimson Twins fan. And you like that particular design? They're great. They're phenomenal figures. You know what? One thing that I didn't really think of, though, that might have almost made me change my vote and, and go with what you guys went with is the working zipline. I mean, the classified version did not have a zipline, and that vintage version that was such a cool. I used that zipline like crazy. I just I played with that thing all the time, and that was a really awesome it, it, facet su- of that original. I'm surprised it supported you. <laughs> She was a lot smaller back then. <laughs> she was three and three quarters. Yeah, yeah. I was at least five inches. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, right, yeah. Um, anyway, um, yeah, that's it. You keep looking around. I'm, I'm now uncomfortable. <laughs> now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, I've been uncomfortable for a while. So that did did your twin in a different country bump their knee, and now you can feel it. That's, um, there you go. Yeah, so that's pretty much our... Favorites, I think, covered uh, with Tomax and Zaymark. That's a pretty easy segment, really, because it was like effectively the same thing from all of us. Like it was the same one and two or two and one kind of scenario. Um, but yeah, what I will say to this though is I don't think they've nailed the suit versions properly yet. And I think when that, that was, happens, yes. that might be the ones that kind of elevate it because the shattered glass attempt uh, by the club that then changed to. Doing Zaymot anyway, or the other—I can't remember. Was it right. Tomax first? And I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. And but then, the, yeah, and then when they the, did it in the old ring line, they just used the headman body, which really wasn't the right thing either. So yeah, that's that's a good point. One that I meant to make was that um, when they tried to do the business suits versions, they just couldn't quite pull it off. Yeah. Also, aren't the head sculpts for the modern four-inch ones in the suits? Aren't they like really way off each other? I'm pretty sure they don't look anything like each other. Yeah, they're a little funky. I don't think it's a mirror image is what I'm guessing, getting at. Yeah. The, the tooling of the body had changed, I think, in between those. And so they had uh, several different issues with trying to get those to look like the figures matched. Yeah, hilarious stuff. Anyway, that is our favorite versions of Tomax and Zaymot. Let us know in the comments what you uh, what your favorites are. And that's it for this episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, I tried to get through it fast, guys. Apologies for that. Um, anyway, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you for joining us for the Full Force Monthly. Massive thank you to my awesome co-hosts, Patrick Stewart and Justin Bell. See you next month. And as always, lads, after three, one, two, three, Full Force. Amazing. Make sure you get involved with the discussion by liking, sharing and commenting on these videos and as always you can keep up with the show after listening by following on Twitter at The Full Force, liking the Facebook page facebook.com forward slash The Full Force and if you would like to contact the show you can message us on either of those platforms with feedback and questions. We also have a Patreon page so if you want to show your support for the show, see your name up in lights on these videos or enjoy exclusive bonus content then check out patreon.com forward slash the full force podcast or click on the link on any of the posts this podcast appears in full force